Just read the 121st Psalm here. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forever. Amen. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for a beautiful spring morning. Thank you for this opportunity to gather around your word. 
We thank you this morning that you give us this, even for this building and this facility. We ask that you would bless our nation, that you would give men, that they would be moved to turn to you for guidance, and in our communities, and even in our homes, we ask that your spirit would lead us and guide us, and that it would move hearts, and that it would have put a need for Christ. We ask this morning that your spirit would be with us, that it would give the speaker words, and that your message you would give him to speak, and that your spirit would open our hearts and our ears, that we could hear that word, and that it would rest on our hearts, and that it could move and lead and guide. We ask that you would bless us, that we could continue to, in openness, fellowship and gather around your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Does someone have a song we can continue with? 116. Thank you. 
this, this is new surroundings for me here. Nice to see everybody out this morning. Beautiful Sunday morning. For our text this morning, I'll read the 21st chapter of, of John. It's a continuation of the Easter story. In fact, I should have asked Shane if he used his text. But okay. I'll read, I'll read the entire chapter, John 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of, of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, as it, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish that which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty-three, and all there were, and for all there were so many, yet, not, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto, Peter, unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea. Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake he, signifying by what, by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto, them, unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, say, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall, what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if I, will to the, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then, then went this saying abroad among the brethren, brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is, the, this is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there were also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. It's as warm for everybody else as it is for me. Crack that door open a little bit.
grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. As we see here, a number of the disciples. Well, it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise shewed he himself. And it says that these disciples were there, and, and Simon Peter sort of leads by saying that he's going fishing. And we know that, I looked it up there in the, in the fifth chapter of Luke, where, where it was almost exactly the same thing, and Peter Peter went fishing, and they fished all night, and they caught nothing. And we have we have some fishermen in our family, and and it's a it's a trade that is uh, well. My son-in-law Alex says, "Teach a man to fish, and he'll, ne- he'll never work again in his life because it's it's such an enjoyable way of making a living, but it's also risky and." As, as we see here with, these, with the disciples, in both cases, they said they had toiled all night and caught nothing. Well, if you got bills to pay, that, that's not that exciting either. So, but in, in any case, Jesus tells them in, the, in Luke there to cast your net on the right side of the, fish, right side of the boat and you will find. Well, it... it it seems obvious that if they fished all night, they had tried tried throwing their net out of, of both sides of the, of the boat. And they had caught nothing. And the old preacher we used to know, Andrew Michelson, writes about this. And he says that, that it's, a, it's a picture of how the Holy Spirit was working and, and they when when they were commanded or told to cast their net, their net on the on the right side of the boat and and I don't know if it means the right hand or or just the right side that doing doing things at the command of Jesus brings blessings is is the is the picture that's painted there and then the difference we see there from from that time till till this time was that they cast their they cast their nets out and they got a multitude of fishes but the net broke and there again Michelson points out in his in his writing of this that that it had to do with their their leading of the Holy Spirit and their understandings of, of the followings of Jesus, that they did they did the right thing, but they somehow the net broke and the blessings weren't there. But in here it says that they they go fishing and the net didn't break. They fished all night here the second time. It says that. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night caught nothing. So they fished, fished through the night. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Jesus is standing on the shore, and as, as this word is, and as the work of God is, that... And we see that here it says it's the third time that he shows himself to the disciples and to people. And he has to reveal himself to us. We don't with our own understanding and intelligence. In in one place it says the kingdom of God cometh not with with observation. Meaning that we can't can't go to some college or, or place of learning. And learn about who and where Jesus is. Jesus says that that the Holy Spirit is within us, and 
that that to our natural thinking is hard to understand, hard to comprehend. I guess that song we sang here at the last is hard for me to comprehend how how Jesus left the glories of heaven and we, we read about it in the Christmas story how the angel comes to Mary and and she's with child and, and the angel tells her that this this child is born will be born of the Holy Spirit. And I've said before how we would think that Jesus would come into this world in some other way. He would come in in fullness and pomp and glory and nobody could mistake make any mistake of who it is and why he's coming. He comes as a little child and he comes in humble ways, humble places and so our natural minds have a hard time comprehending Jesus. Here it says that it's the third time that he shows himself and reveals himself to the disciples. Jesus has a has a fire on the shore there and some kind of a grill and and he's baking or broiling or whatever these fish. Jesus says to these the disciples children have ye any meat? They answered him no. They had they had worked through the night and came up with nothing. And so he says to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. So here they they do as Jesus commands. And this is this is after after Jesus I better not look it up because I can't find things, but after Jesus tells them when the when the twelve were gathered together, peace be unto you. And Well, I, bet, I, I can look it up because it's right in the page before me. But sometimes I'm looking for things in other other gospels. Here it says, "Then Jesus, then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you." And this is when he comes through the locked doors and gathers with the disciples. When he said, when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, "Receive ye the Holy Ghost." I was just asking my wife this morning, hasn't the Holy Ghost been with men all the way through? And I can only conclude that it always has. So Jesus tells his disciples, and I can only think and say this, that they're gathered behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Jesus wants to bring peace into their hearts and into their lives, which they had a hard time believing and a hard time possessing that peace. Last time I was here uh, taking this place, I talked about the, the two men on the way to Emmaus and how they were walking along and sad and their heads were hanging. And Jesus simply appears with them, which doesn't happen in our natural lives. It would be pretty pretty shaking to us if it did but he asks them why are you walking along and 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 so sad and they they say well don't don't you know of all these events that have taken place he says what things he he didn't have to ask them what things he knew he knew what they were talking about he has to reveal himself to us and then it says that he went through all the scriptures the Old Testament, the laws, and the writings of Moses, and brought out those things concerning himself, which had been written probably a thousand years or more before that. And then he disappears. They ask him to come in and spend the night with them. And he, he breaks bread. He has something to eat. And then he disappears. And they said to, to one another, did not our hearts burn within us when he walked with us, with us in the way and brought out these scriptures? So Jesus reveals himself in these ways. Otherwise, we don't know who he is. 
The world doesn't know who he is. We don't know who he is unless he reveals himself to us. And that's, I guess that's one of the promises in this word, that if we search and seek and have that spirit and that heart, that he would show himself to us and reveal himself to us, he will. He has never, he has never gone back on any of his promises, and that's one of them. So he tells the men to cast on the right side of the ship, Cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. And they cast and therefore now and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and he cast himself into the sea. And then other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as, they were, as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid, on there, laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. I don't, I don't have that much depth of understanding on these things, but I can see this much, that when Jesus asks something of them, they don't seem to have anything to offer and he has something to offer them. That's that's the the total opposite, and that's what that's the way it always is. We have nothing to offer him, but he has everything to offer us. So they drug these these two nets, I guess, full of full of fishes to the land. And Jesus says, "Bring of the fish which ye now have caught." Jesus, Jesus told those those men when he was gathering the twelve together that some of them were fishermen and he told them that I will make you fishers of men and the little children sing that song there about the fishers of men and it says in some of those places that they forsook their nets and followed him but it's obvious here that they didn't quit fishing because they were fishing when, when uh, I was talking about that in Luke 5 and they're fishing again. They go fishing again here. They didn't, they didn't give up their livelihood of fishing. Maybe some of them did and, and I'm not saying that was a problem but to, to say that they just left everything, left their occupations and went and followed Jesus and, and went into the ministry or whatever you might say. It seems that a lot of them didn't do that, or most of them didn't do that. So they're still fishermen in, a, in the natural sense of the word. Jesus says unto them, Come and dine. Now none of, none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? So Jesus had revealed himself. First, there's this man standing on the shore with a little fire burning and some fish there and some bread. And that's all we see. When, when this miracle of, of the fishes and the nets full of fish come about, they realized it was Jesus. And they realized that this, this was a miracle that was taking place. And he says, come and dine. This, this coming and this dining is, is that which we sing about. Many shall come from the east and the west and sit at the feast of salvation. And they may be talking about on heaven's shore when this life is over. But I believe it's talking about this life also when we feed on this word. John, it tells us that Jesus is that word. Jesus dwells among men. Jesus, Jesus came from the glories of heaven to this sinful world, we might say. We, we feed on him. We feed on his word. 
We're told that the Word becomes flesh, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. Jesus tells the disciples, come and dine. Come to me, come with me, and I will, I will feed you, I will look after you. Then cometh Jesus, and taketh the bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. And I think it's interesting, I've mentioned it before, how Jesus came back a, a spiritual being. When he, when he came back from, from death, men put him to death. You and I put him to death with our sins, with our, our ways. Did we, did we do those things physically? No, but this is why he died. He died because we're sinners. He died because we will not be able to accomplish the work of salvation without him. He is our salvation. And then in the 14th verse it says, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that he was risen from the dead. The, the time when he comes in and, and meets them and asks them if they have anything to eat. They gave him a, a what was it, some fish and a honeycomb and he ate them. This, this glorified Jesus is eating and spending time with people. And he even kind of upbraids them and says that he's not a he's not a spirit, he's not an apparition. Because they were frightened when they saw him. And they asked him for something to eat. This is this is I guess one of the mysteries of the word I can't explain. But Jesus can do these things. Jesus says says to Peter. When they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. We might say that these disciples were in some kind of an apprenticeship, and they were learning that, do we follow this man, or do we... We follow him for physical reasons, like he'll feed us and he'll look after us, or do we follow him because he came back from the dead and he accomplished the way of salvation for each of us as individuals? I guess there's always that question when he says, Lovest thou me more than these? What are the these? things. Is that his companions, his lifestyle, his, his occupation of fishing, whatever it might be? Do you love me more than these? Jesus asked him. We know that Peter, in different instances, is, is quite forward and quite bold and and one of the one of the last things I think about before Jesus went to the cross was that he argued with Jesus that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Jesus says, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times already. I'm sure Peter must have wondered at that, wondered why Jesus said that, because he knew Jesus. He, he knew Peter wouldn't leave him. Well, he knew Peter would leave him, is what, what, looking at it from Jesus' side. Looking at it from Peter's side, Peter must have thought that, he, know, he knows I'm not going to leave him. And we know that when the, when the cock crowed, then we know that one of the texts, one of the Gospels says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Because he realized that we might say he'd been caught. He realized what Jesus said came to be. Peter says, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. 
we might look at that and, and Peter might have looked at that and said, well, that doesn't sound too difficult. Feed the little ones, not, not, the, not the natural lambs, of course, but the, the little children. Feed them, teach them about Jesus, teach them right from wrong and these kind of things. Jesus doesn't leave it there. He saith unto him, unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Do you love me? There's a place that says about husbands loving your wives. Even as the Christ as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And I can't quote it word for word, but it's it's such that he may sanctify it, he may purify it. Loving the church, that is. And then that he might present it that he might present himself this lovely bride of the church. He might present it unto himself as a beautiful, lovely, perfect bride. Which one of us husbands can say that we can fulfill that? Do we love our wives that much? So, he asked Peter the second time, son of, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Feed the little ones. Feed the older ones. And we know that Peter went on to do that. This is after Jesus tells his disciples, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever, whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. That's the gospel. That's that, that's that message that every one of us as individuals is to do. Tell others about Jesus. And we are supposed to live lives and, and speak in such a way that men would know that there's more substance to that lifestyle than, than I have. Each, is, each, is in, each individual can, can see that. Let our lights be shining, we might say. So, Jesus doesn't leave it there. He asked Peter again the third time. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto, unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. You don't have to forsake your nets. You don't have to leave your occupation or come in contact with all kinds of different people. Just walk that walk of a life of a child of God. And I guess that question comes up, though, what is that? Well, we would follow after the teachings of the great physician our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Strive to follow after his teachings. Strive to live according to those ways. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Jesus tells Peter, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. Well, we don't have a lot of writings about the things that Peter did, even as we do with Paul and different ones. But we know that he, would we say, follow that way, even unto death. And Jesus, what do you, what, unless somebody sees it in a deeper way than I see it, but 
What he's saying here to me is that when you were young, you did as you pleased. You went where you pleased. You walked where you pleased. You said what you pleased. When you get old, which he is here, we don't know what his age was, but he's past his younger years. It says, when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. And like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't give us a whole lot of information about Peter and, and all the years that he spent after he became a child of God, or after he followed Jesus. But we know about Paul and all the things, the traveling and the shipwrecks, and the nearness to death he was in many times and Sir Peter suffered many of these things and history has it it doesn't say it in this in this word of God but history has it that when he was to be crucified he lost, he, he lost his life all the disciples lost their lives over their faith in Jesus except John but when he was crucified he requested that he be crucified upside down. That he felt it was too much of an honor to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. It's hard to comprehend. It says, another shall gird thee. Someone else is going to be looking after you. You're going you're gonna to be going to places and saying things that you wouldn't otherwise. When you walk as a, as a follower of me, is what Jesus is saying. Another shall gird thee and carry, their, carry thee whither thou wouldst not. This spake he, signifying by, by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. So we can, we can come to, we might say, tight spots in our lives where it would be easy to forsake these ways. It would be easy to be disobedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells Festus when he's given a chance to confess his faith, he tells Festus about his conversion and he says or, or, or was it Agrippa? I, I, I get the two mixed up. But he says, I think it's Agrippa. He says, whereupon, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to that heavenly calling. So when, when, when Paul was called by that heavenly calling, that voice that came from heaven, and that, that voice that was Jesus that he met on the way to, to, to Damascus, he could have been disobedient to that calling. He says, I was not disobedient. So we come to those places in life where we could find it easy to be disobedient. Jesus says unto him, follow me. Just keep following me. I will look after you. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following which also leaned on his breast at, at the supper, that's talking about the Lord's Supper, the Passover supper they had together, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, see, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? He's talking about John. What, what's John going to do? This is how close we are to that worldly side that we, we are. We're two, we're two individuals. Children of God are two individuals. We have, a, we have a spiritual side and we have a natural side. Pray that that spiritual side would, would lead us into all truth. In no means. Romans 6, it 
says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye may obey that ye should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of the righteousness of God. It says that that, that side that you pay the most attention to and, and spend the most time in, that's, what, that's the side that you are. That's who you are. We would want to, we would want that side to be our spiritual side, the side that the, the side that the new man dwells in. So he's wondering about John. What's he going to do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You you follow me. Don't worry about John. Then went the saying abroad among the brethren that the disciple that that disciple should not die. So we, we have we know about that little thing game we play sometimes where you whisper into somebody's ear and then they whisper into the next person and they whisper into the next person and by the time it gets through twenty people you have no idea what st- what it started out as. So here all of a sudden they're saying that John isn't going to die. Word got around. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said not to, not unto him that he shall not die, but if but but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? What difference does it make to you what happens to John? You follow me. This is a disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus, Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. That's who Jesus is. That's, that's how big he is. And yet we miss him. We can spend a lifetime going through this world and miss him. We sing the song, If I gained the world but lost the Savior, were my life worth living for a day. We don't want to miss him. We want to come to know him. We want to follow him. We want to receive that eternal reward that we hear when Jesus returns here and judges the world. Come ye blessed of the Father. Receive this kingdom prepared for the world from the foundation of the world. Er, receive this anyways, this way of salvation prepared for you from the foundation of the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Someone have a song to close with? 469.